Welcome to the Cut Up Crew Podcast. We are your bi-weekly dose of sports and entertainment chatter, hosted by Huck, Rain, and Tyler. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube, and thank you for watching and listening. And now, it's time for the show. Take it away, fellas. What's up? What's good, guys? What's going on, my boys? Hey, so, uh, who's, uh, who's this guy down, down here? I don't know. I don't know him. Never seen him a day in my life. No, never seen that guy before. Can't help you. I'm hijacking the Cut Up Crew podcast. Yeah, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Hayden, thank you so much, uh, for joining us. Um, um, he's going to be, uh, uh, probably a part of this podcast uh moving forward um and uh we'll uh, we'll see uh uh where he can help us out um we're excited to have him um here tonight uh especially um we got an awesome guest uh, here tonight um uh you guys have any uh, exciting things that have uh happened uh, over the last couple of weeks i know uh huck you're wearing that awesome uh clemson uh hat um, you've had a couple exciting uh, losses in the last few weeks, but uh, that's cool. I mean, uh, you, you can say it was definitely exciting. I watched the game, and, you know, I had – this is a new hat, actually, because I burned uh, – I got so uh, angry that I burned uh, my previous hat on Saturday. But, hey, I'm one of those that fully believe that you should stick by your team. You shouldn't be a, a hopper. Uh, but – Go Clemson. We'll we'll yeah. see what happens the rest of the year. Sounds like a holiday bowl for you guys this year. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, my Hawkeyes are ranked fifth in the nation, so I mean that's pretty exciting <laughs> for me considering I'm an yeah. Iowa fan. You know, yeah, race, yeah. Colorado so. State was pretty tough for them this week, but yeah, uh, they yeah, shouldn't they, have they been. But they were. Yeah, yeah it, but, for us. For us Southern fans, it feels more like, damn. So this is what it's like to be a Gamecock fan again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, but man, um, I'm excited to get uh, get to it. Um, but uh, rain, we got We got to get to something else first. You know what we time it is, baby. <laughs> I do know what time it is. Are we gonna hit it up? Oh yeah, yeah we're gonna get it popping. We Here gonna we dance? <gasps> Let's get it. First and foremost, shout out to Lil Wayne and Fat Joe for making a classic song. Yes, sir. Right. Classic. Yep. Timeless. Timeless. You know, make it rain. You know, we like to talk about the people who are, who are getting their ducats and they getting their money right. But, you know, it's football season now. You know, we're in the third, fourth week coming up. Yeah. So I decided, you know what, why don't we go ahead and take a look at some of the top ten highest contracts that we have this season. And uh, coming in at number one. Who is making a whopping four hundred and seventy-seven million dollars on a ten-year contract? Is none other than the former Super Bowl MVP, 
former NFL MVP, runner-up in the Super Bowl last year, Patrick Mahomes for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, it was was reported he was making $503 million over that 10 years, but, you know, we're going to say he's making $477 million this year. Matt Ryan comes in at number two for Atlanta, making $150 million for five years. Look at the gap difference between that. $477 million to $150 million. Khalil Mack for the Bears is uh, six years in on a contract for $140 million. So it's Russell Westbrook. Uh, Andrew Luck, who uh, signed his contract in the year 2016, who he signed for a six-year contract. He was making $139 million. Now, out of all those players, this is the one that surprised me the most. Jimmy Garoppolo. Former standout Tom Brady backup, starting quarterback for the 49ers, signed a five-year contract in 2017 <laughs> worth $137.5 million. And uh, he's he's eventually going to lose his job. Eventually, but... <laughs> I, I mean, but you, you notice one thing I noticed about that, that list is that four of those five players I listed are quarterbacks. Yeah, and Andrew Luck is retired. Andrew Luck so. is retired, but um, with Andrew Luck being retired, do you think he he um, did he have a good career? Yeah, is he is he Hall of Fame? Oh no, I don't I don't think I don't think he gets in there just because I don't think he played long enough. Oh yeah, um, actual facts. I, mean, I think what blows me the way what blows me away the most about that list is these guys get paid that much money to play a game, like yeah. to facts. play a game. But but the thing that pisses me off about uh, NFL contracts, though, compared to other leagues, is they're not guaranteed, and and it's it's the most physical sport that people right. play. Right. Um, it's ridiculous. Do, In America, do about that crap. In America, <laughs> I, I get it. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying it's like the it's it's a it's a physical sport, and. They, they none of those contracts are guaranteed. They they can cut you tomorrow and you'll be not broke. Pay you a dime, you know. Um, everywhere else, it's you know you're what you sign for is what you get. So right. But, Shout out to the NBA. Yeah, and in Major League Baseball, my gosh, dude. But you know what sports? What sport? Not not a physical sport that gets paid a guap. Golf. Golf boy. I'm You're telling good, you, yeah. golf it's, gets paid a guap. But Boy, it's expensive to play. Trust me, I know. it is. That's golf something I can get into. I don't look like I would enjoy golf, but I am absolutely a huge fan. I try to go still every weekend. Uh, you look like you'd play like get disc golf. Than no, no, hold on. Let me. You stop right there because for fans <laughs> like me, there's John Daly, and I would love to just do a 18 holes and get drunk with John Daly and just watch him drop to hang you know, out 40 with John yards. Daly. I mean, I, I bet the shark. I bet the shark would be fun to hang out with. But you know, Happy Gilmore <laughs> said it best: golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. I'm so dead. <laughs> oh man. Um, I like this guy. You're you're more than yeah. welcome to stay on this podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forever, forever. 
<laughs> Matt, just replace Tyler. We'll be fine. You won't miss a step. There we go. <laughs> now we gotta keep Tyler. He's he's gonna he's gonna take my job. Um, <coughs> but uh, um, but folks, I want to I want to get to uh, to our guest this week. Um, we have uh, we have Ryan Stern coming to us. Uh, um, he is uh, a co-host of the Zero Technique podcast, uh, which is on the uh, part of the, the back page, uh, backsportspage.com. Um, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of football, some fantasy football here um, t- uh, the, this week. And uh, everyone, welcome uh, Ryan Stern to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, what's up? What's going on, man? Welcome on, Ryan. I love the name of the podcast. I was a zero technique tackle in college, so there we go. Yeah, I was I was trying to come up with a name for the show, and I, I'm like, I, I need some sort of whimsical uh, name. I, I can't just go out there and have just a, a, a generic name. And I'm like, having a podcast, it takes zero to. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> right. Awesome, man. I like so, I mean, well, w- welcome to our podcast. Um, Thank you. And uh, uh, can uh, can you give us, um, I guess, just a little bit of, uh, about your uh, background? I guess for, uh, for yeah. So I'm uh, I I am part of the uh, the founding crew with BackSportsPage.com. Uh, we we launched in 2009. Uh, Sort of did a, a little bit of hockey and football writing for a couple of years, and then I just transitioned into more of a leadership role uh, with other writers, and then uh, doing podcasting strictly uh, for the last five or six years, uh, doing some general football and a, a lot of fantasy football. So I've actually made a, a lot of... Uh, contacts within the fantasy football industry uh i've interviewed a bunch of uh heavy hitters in in the fantasy football industry and so uh what we do uh during the football season is on sunday mornings right before kickoff uh we do a uh a fantasy football lineup show where we we give our studs duds and sleepers uh for dfs that week and we also do take uh lineup questions from uh live uh listeners and viewers that's awesome i'm 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 a huge uh huge fantasy football nut um i'm a huge huge football fan in general i know i know rain is too oh yeah that uh i am i've been watching football since 92 and my team of always and forever will be the dallas cowboys oh no Uh, Yes, yeah. even through the bad years, <laughs> even through the bad years. Listen, one thing about text, one thing about Texas and Dallas is that you have to rep those teams. <laughs> like my first ever jersey was a a throwback Roger Staubach jersey. That's impressive. I like you that, know that actually. was my first ever jersey. And uh, now that we're on that topic, Ryan, everyone has a f- team that they grew up with. Who was yours? Who was your favorite all time team? So I. I, I... My first game, uh, I, I think, was when I was two years old. I still go uh, on a consistent basis. And now I, I even, through BacksportsPitch.com, uh, get get a chance to cover uh, the New York Giants. They're, they're the team that I have been a fan of my, my entire life. I do a lot of work with the Giants. 
Um, we cover a lot of their charity events. So uh, David Tyree, the uh, the infamous helmet catch in Super Bowl Forty Two, has uh, up until uh, the the past two summers, uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, he has a charity bowling event every summer in New York City uh, to raise money for uh, a children's foundation. And a lot of the New York Giants come out uh, to help support him. So uh, we help in the promotion and the coverage of of those events as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a New York Giants fan. So my first jersey was a Phil Simms jersey. So I'm uh, I'm right up there with you. With you being a New York Giants fan, I have to ask you this. I have yeah, to ask yeah. you this. Is Eli Manning going to the Hall of Fame? First ballot. First ballot. First ballot. I, yep. And the, this, is, this is not me being a biased Giants fan. It's me saying that, I, yes, I know that Eli Manning played in a different era than some of the other quarterbacks but when he retired he was seventh all-time in passing yards he was eighth all-time in touchdowns uh he had a plus 60 uh percent pass uh completion percentage and he was super bowl mvp two times uh he's he's the first ballot hall of famer but you're forgetting about the most important one you're forgetting about the most important one he is tom brady's kryptonite there we go. <laughs> and he will live in the lore of Patriot haters forever because without him, uh, Tom's going out there looking for his 10th instead of his 8th. Yeah, that's true. He, he really is. Um, and uh, uh, I, I told you, uh, you know, before, uh, you know, I, I was a fan um, of the Bengals uh, when we were uh, we were um, off air here, but um, uh, I, I'm a bigger fan probably of, of players. I got a lot of players uh, that mm-hmm. I really like. Um, I'm a big fan of Tom Brady. Um, on the back of this Buccaneers shirt is Brady and the number 12. Um, a lot of people hate him. Um, as a Giants fan, you probably love him because you've beat him a couple times in the Super Bowl. I, I have no issues. I've, yeah. I, I have no issues with Tom yeah. Brady. <laughs> so, I mean, do, do you have any? Do you have any teams or, or players that you can't stand? I mean, oh yeah, well, uh, Dallas Cowboys, yeah. Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Uh, I, can't, I can't stand Dallas, and I'm a Bengals fan. Yeah. So. Um, it, when you're a fan of an NFC East team, you you hate the other three. Uh, it, it just comes with with the territory. It, it's one of those old school divisions that has been together for so long. And yeah, and I mean back back in the '70s and '80s, for some reason, the oh, well, I guess it was because they used to be in St. Louis. But the Cardinals, even after they had moved to Arizona, were in the NFC East. But thank God that uh, that got fixed. Uh, but yeah, the, these four teams just have such a, a, a long-standing history uh, that that when you root for one of them, you you hate the other three. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. I hated Washington when they had a name. <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> NFC East fans will get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Now Next they, year they're supposed to have a new name, but we'll see what happens. 
<laughs> yes, yeah, supposedly they're they're down to three uh, of. There was that list of eight final uh, semifinalists, and they're down to three. But they won't tell you who those three are. And yeah. one of one of the options is for them to keep Washington Football Team as their name. I, yeah, I'm one of the things to think that they're going to just keep it. it yeah, it would not shock right. me. That's one of the I things mean, that I've heard a, is that. Is that the names? The final three names that are there are going to be the first team in NFL history to not have a a uh, a name that has an S at the end of it. So you know, like Bengals, Packers, that kind yeah. of thing. Wow. So I'm with Tyler here. I love Tom Brady. He's the only reason, honestly, that I really even care about the NFL so much anymore. I'm more of a college football fan, uh, personally myself. However, about Tom Brady, uh, probably the biggest story going into uh, this weekend is Brady going back into New England and taking on his former team, the Patriots. That in itself is a huge story, but the the bigger news than that is uh, he's about 68 yards from becoming the all-time NFL leader in passing yards. Do you believe that Tom Brady is the GOAT? Oh well, well, yeah, one hundred percent. But I, I, I just find it to be very odd that if you took Tom Brady's average uh, passing yards per game and you you looked at how many yards he was behind Drew Brees, and it said that he was going to break the record in Week Four. So the NFL schedule makers just so happened to put. Tom Brady against the New England Patriots in week four. I, 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 you, you can't tell me that was just a coincidence. We were literally just talking about this last night. Literally. They're, they're better at writing scripts than yep. the days of the, our lives. I, so, I call them sports entertainment, similar to the WWE, but you know, <laughs> we won't go that deep. Uh, so it's funny that you say that. So we have a lot of pretty coincidental uh, stories in the NFL over the years, you know, just seem to be perfect for the way they were written. You know, for example, John Elway couldn't win the big one, waits till the very end of his career, and he finally gets his Super Bowls. Ray Lewis retires as a Super Bowl champion. Peyton Manning retires winning the Super Bowl. And then last year, I'm a Packers fan. So last year was bittersweet for me. Tampa Bay, they get into the uh, Super Bowl, a home game for Tom Brady, and he wins the Super Bowl in his first season away from New England. Do you think the NFL is rigged, or do you think that they force things to happen in a certain way? Uh, I, I, I don't see rigging. I, I, I don't believe in anything like that. Um, I just think that there was a little too much machismo within the, uh, the New England locker room, and it came to the point where everyone was talking about is – Belichick the reason or is Brady the reason? And both of them wanted to prove that they were the reason. So I think that's why we saw the split. But um, no, I I just I I, I don't I'm not a fan of thinking that there's a a rigging involved. Is there storylines that are written? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't think anything could is done necessarily for the the benefit of one team or another. Right. I, I'm a I respect that answer. 
I'm a firm believer that Tom Brady would have won the Super Bowl last year regardless of where he went. Um, right. Uh, I mean, I mean, they don't call that pass sure interference that. call at the end of the game, and he's not even in the Super Bowl. So. Right, but if the if if the Packers don't. Uh, blow the, the the managing of how they handled fourth down, then uh, then then that could be. Uh, and granted, it was a very wishy washy call. It, it could have the they could have kept the flag in their uh, in their pockets. Uh, I would have rather seen not not necessarily as an anti Brady thing, but as a, a pure football fan. I, I in that game you want to let the players determine it, not the not the refs. It, it wasn't as blatant as uh, as the Rams Saints from uh, from a couple of years before. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, Matt, 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 you don't get to talk about fair cause because Dez caught that pass. No, Dez <laughs> dropped it. That's no, Des caught it. Des caught that pass. Des dropped it. That was like that was like eight years ago. Let it it doesn't matter. Cowboy fan for life. What was it? Hold on. What, what was it? What was it? That, what was it that Elsa said? Let it go. Let it go. Listen, I'm a I'm a I'm a Bengals fan. Our like last time in the playoffs, we we got beat by the Steelers, and it was awful. Yeah, was last time in the playoffs was like '63. Damn. Last time we like. Uh, you're right. That's like the last time we won a game, I think. Well, that's because to- Tony Romo is the most overrated quarterback in NFL history. Okay, okay, you stop now. <laughs> oh we, we don't do that. <laughs> easy, oh easy. Ray, Ray really loves CBS Sports on Sundays. <laughs> no, I would, I would tell you. I would tell you what it was with me. It was actually listening to him call the plays before they were happening. That did it for me. I was like, whoa, and you got to remember, during his prom, he was a top four quarterback in the regular season. In the regular season. We're not going to talk about the postseason. No, he was a great fantasy football quarterback yeah. because of garbage Definitely. time. That's why I loved having – knew he would suck the first three quarters, but when it came to garbage time and the Cowboys were down 20 points – he was getting me a lot of points. Well, that's because in fantasy, uh, uh, an interception in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, they're worth the same. Exactly. Uh, not, not like in, in uh, the NFL where a, a, an interception in the fourth quarter is a hell of a lot more damaging than, than in the first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, back talking about fantasy, um what uh, what really got you into uh, to fantasy? I kind of just came across it on ESPN. Uh, I was on I was on their site. Uh, so I, I've um, I've been playing fantasy sports since uh, since I I guess the the fall of two thousand one with my uh, my freshman year of college, and I, I'm sitting there in my dorm room my and, and and I'm like, what what the hell am I gonna do right now? And so I'm going through, and I, I hear about this uh, about fantasy football. So I said, "All right, let, let's give this a shot." And so I, I, I played in uh, in a free league every year for a couple of years, and then I I met uh, someone who became the best man at my wedding, and he had had uh, a fantasy league. Uh, 
going back from a couple years even before I had joined it. So I, I joined that and it, it just it became an addiction. And when uh, when fantasy sports radio on Sirius XM launched, that's what really drove my my love and passion for fantasy sports. I got to listen to it to people talking about it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And through like, like I said, through some of the, the connections I have made from guys who I, I used to listen to on, on the radio. Now I, I get to send them a, a text message or, or shoot them uh, a, a DM and say, listen, can you hop on my show? Or can you do this? I, I, I'm I'm really thankful for uh, the connections I've made because I it's it it has become friendships too. It really is a, a tight knit industry. Yeah, that's great. I play a lot of fantasy football too, and uh, you know, obviously, every year you want to be that guy that finds you know the sleepers, the diamonds in the rough. So coming into the 2021 NFL season, who were your you know your biggest sleepers coming into the season? Uh, Damian Harris was a guy that I was getting everywhere. Um, I, I I just thought that this was going to be a team that even if it was Cam Newton, I thought they were – obviously, I think they were still going to be a run-first team. But when they named Mac Jones the starting quarterback, that just opened up more goal line opportunities for someone like a Damian Harris. Uh, Damian, so he, he was one that I, I got in a lot of places. Um, I have Trey Lance stashed on almost all of my teams because in, in fantasy, when you have a running quarterback, it's a cheat code. Uh, the, the, the rushing yards are two and a half times more valuable than passing yards. And Trey Lance is going to be that that guy once he gets a job. And the 49ers have a, a week six bye. And you look at last year, uh, it was around midseason that the Miami Dolphins had a bye. And it was during that bye week that they decided to make the transition to Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, I, can, I don't see any way that the 49ers don't make that transition during their week six bye to, uh, to Trey Lance because, uh, and we, we have seen the 49ers uh, win some games, but I think it's been in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo, not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Awesome. Yeah. I know we're the, I know that we're uh, already into week three, but uh, uh, who do you think is going to be the prediction for you for fantasy MVP this year? Oh, if anything, uh, if you learn from the, the first three weeks and, and if any of that translates over the rest of the season, you have to look at someone like Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup was usually a, a late third to, to a fourth round pick. Uh, he's been the number one wide receiver. Uh, he's been the number two wide receiver on uh, on a given week already this year. So he is the number one overall uh, I think a lot of people were wondering what the connection was going to be with Matthew Stafford as he made his transition from Detroit into L.A. Was it going to be Cup? Was it going to be Woods? Was it going to be someone like a Tyler Higbee? Uh, but Cooper Cup 
uh, right now is, is the guy that, that you got to look at. I thought the Lions were nuts for making that trade personally, but that's just me. So, I mean, I, I understand they weren't in win-now mode. So they, they were able to get a, a guy who was the number two overall draft pick who had taken his team to the Super Bowl in, in Jared Goff, and they got two first-round draft picks on, on top of it. Uh, if the Lions were any – if they had any sense of this is going to be our year that we're going to make a run for it, then they're not making that trade. This was a trade for the future. Nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I I definitely don't see Jared Goff as the guy that's going to be the Lions' man. No, he, he's, he's, a, he's a, a bridge to whoever they draft next year. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, and he's got a, you know, a contract that I'm, I'm pretty sure you can cut him, and he's pretty much you're out of it in the next like year, year. Or two. After the 22 season, yeah. uh, it's a, a contract that you can get out of. Yeah. So, that, yeah, they're going to be drafting somebody here. Yep. Or two. Um, but. Um, so uh, in, in my league, the biggest, the big talk around, you know, uh, I'm in a couple of them, but my, my big money league that I call it, um, uh, the biggest story was, was uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey going down with that yep. hamstring injury. Um, and uh, Hubbard, um, who uh, was like, you know, everyone thought was, you know, or thinks is going to be a huge, you know, waiver wire pickup this week was, you know, and I, I didn't get him, um, unfortunately, in my league. I tried, tried like hell. Um, um, I did, however, I got Josh Gordon. Um, Josh Gordon, for the second, third, fourth, fifth time this week, um, and he uh, he signed with the Chiefs. Um, do we do we think Josh Gordon's going to be for real? Is he going to be a weapon there, or did myself and a whole lot of others probably this week make a huge mistake? Um, I don't think you necessarily made a big mistake unless you spent a bunch of, I don't know if you use uh fab or if you use a uh, waiver priority, but if, if you spent a, a ton of your, uh, free agent bucks or, uh, a high waiver priority, uh, then that, that might've been a mistake. I just don't see Josh Gordon being able to contribute to this team for, for the next couple of weeks. He was only signed to the practice squad, so he was not signed to the active 53. Yeah. Uh, so we still don't know when we're going to see the the, the debut of Josh Gordon. Um, unless you have a really deep bench, uh, he, he's just, I, I just didn't pick him up anywhere because I'm not expecting a whole lot from him. Uh, and... and We've seen enough from Kansas City over the past couple years that it's Tyreek Hill, it's Travis Kelsey, and then nobody else. They, they get sporadic yeah. performances from a wide receiver here, from a running back there, from a, a another wide receiver here. There's just nobody that has been able to remain consistent as the number three target uh, because the the two of uh, of Hill and Kelsey just see su- such a huge target share. 
Yeah, and you know my my receivers. I have I have Keenan Allen um, is my uh, my my main go to. I have the tandem of Allen and uh, Herbert. Um, which yeah, I, which fi- I like. finally gonna... started to see that uh, that that breakout this uh, this past week. I, I yeah, have Justin Herbert finally. in uh, in one of my big leagues, and uh, it, it was nice to see him finally get going. Yeah, he finally looked like the guy that I I thought he was going to have an MVP caliber season. So he yeah. finally looked like a something worth a darn this week. Um, but Allen Robinson's my other top receiver, and I, yeah. I, hate, I hate the quarterback situation there. I feel like I, that's that's the only reason why I picked up Gordon is like a a guy to have on my bench, hopefully to have something. Yeah, Allen Robinson's tough because he he still sees such a, a, a huge target share, but the the offense has just been sputtering. Uh, I think we all thought that we were going to see something different when uh, when Justin Fields uh, made made his first start, uh, but un- unfortunately the Cleveland Browns unleashed that f- uh, ferocious. Uh, pass rush and got to him nine times. He only completed six passes the whole game. Yeah, um, rough. Yeah, so it, it doesn't matter how many targets you get if the the targets are uncatchable. Uh, and we've seen three down weeks. Uh, th- week two, uh, Allen Robinson was the wide receiver forty five, and he scored a touchdown. It's really mm-hmm. difficult. To, to be the wide receiver 45 when you have a touchdown. That just means you're not getting anything else. And that that, that offense is just some, something that outside of David Montgomery, you, you want to steer away from uh, a, until they get back on track. He's, he's a guy who had 100 catches last year, and he's averaging like two. And, right and the thing is, is that he's done it with bad quarterback play his entire career. Blake yeah. Bortles has been his best quarterback. Maybe Mitch Trubisky. Those, those are his two best quarterbacks that he's had over the, the entirety of his career. And yet he's still one of those guys that you can depend on every week uh, coming into this year. Uh, it was, uh, it, it's been a rough go for, uh, for Robinson so far. It has. I, I hope he get, gets uh, gets it going uh, for my team's sake. But that's a... as a Packers fan, I'm totally fine with his. Prediction. <laughs> I'm I'm still salty about Aaron Jones from Week One, um, but you know. Well, well he, 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 he he made, made up he made for, up for it last week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you should have drafted AJ Dillon. Yeah. So He's... I actually I have AJ Dillon in a in a 14 team league that that I'm in, and. I'm waiting. I, I mean, I, I'm no matter what. He's just going to be one of those guys that I'm going to stash on my bench all year because if anything ever happens to Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon is going to be an absolute stud. Yeah, uh, and he he does provide enough that you can, if you're in a pinch, you can put him in your flex uh, because he. It's very. It's going to be very rare that AJ Dillon is going to give you nothing on a given week. That's what I'd done with uh, Trey Sermon because I knew that Mostert was going to get hurt. I knew it. Everyone on the planet knew it. <laughs> so I, I was uh, Raheem Mostert. So I, there's there's another guy that I actually had in a, in a ton of spots just because of the draft capital. He was going in like the seventh round and. 
I knew that if he stayed on the field, he was going to uh, be just return such a, a great investment. Um, unfortunately, he became Raheem Mostert again and and, uh, and got injured. I just and it, it was funny because I didn't have Trey Sermon anywhere on any of my teams. I now have him on four or five teams because after week two, he was dropped. He, the, there were a lot of people who who saw uh, a week one inactive and then a week two concussion and they dropped Trey Sermon. And I'm like, when he's healthy, he's going to be the, the number one guy there in oh, San yeah. Francisco. Uh, yeah. I, I actually now have uh, as many shares of, uh, of Trey Sermon as I do with almost any other running back. Well, um, we're going to roll into um, our uh, fast break section um, of the show. All right. And uh, here we go. Of all the sports That's jingles, you, you you get the you have the the Monday Night Football jingle, you have the the NFL on on Fox, you have the CBS. That one right there, that 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 gets my blood pumping. That that little uh, what's that NBA on NBC? I think that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it is. I love it. Um, all right, so uh, well, the first guy. I, I want I want to throw it out there if you don't mind. Dude, go ahead. That's all you. Now, because I want to, because we done talked a lot of trash about the Cowboys here. And, and I, I, I personally used to be a big Cowboys fan uh, growing up. So here we go. Troy Aikman. Good quarterback. <laughs> all right. <laughs> he, 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 hey, when you have the, the team that they put around him, it's going to be really tough to, to be bad. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, he had a had a Gator at running back. Uh, <laughs> he was a pretty good. Emmett Smith. I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he was pretty good. Decent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right, let's go. Uh, Jerry Rice. Uh, second greatest wide receiver of, of all time. Oh shoot! Um, I mean, I want to know your first. I mean, we might name him later, but. Who's your first? Uh, to me, it's it's Randy Moss. That there's nobody okay, well, that that gave that that gave a size speed combination and just pure who who could go out and purely dominate a game. Jerry Rice wasn't a, a particularly great athlete. He just what was the the most technically sound route runner that the uh, that the game ever had. He had big hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, here we go, Aaron Rodgers. Top three quarterback of all time. All right. Uh, okay. Where, where, uh, you, where do you put him there, Matt? Uh, I, I was three? I was surprised to hear that. Uh, it, honestly, I, for me, I'm a big Brett Favre fan. Um, I just I loved watch watching Favre play as a kid. Um, 
So yeah, that's hard for me. I, I wouldn't have put him in my top three to be honest. Yeah. So Far Favre is one of my all time favorites. Yeah. I, I I loved watching Brett Favre play, but in terms of being able to put a ball wherever you want, whenever you want, it, it does it doesn't get much better than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And he's sneaky athletic. He doesn't show it off that often because he doesn't have to because he's so smart in and out of the pocket. Uh, but he, he's sneaky athletic. Yeah. I love watching Aaron Rodgers play. Antonio Brown. Could have been the best. Wow. I, I think that there, there were too many issues going on in that locker room with, uh, with, with Pittsburgh. Uh, too many egos that that it just became a, a nightmare scenario. Uh, but I mean, he listen, especially in terms of fantasy, this guy was uh, a top five or a top three quarterback for seven years. I mean, th- this is what one of those guys that could have been an an all time great, and he, he's still going. Uh, he, he's a Hall of Famer to me. Well, welcome back. I apologize for my technical difficulties. Uh, if you're in Texas, you know we have a storm happening right now. <laughs> it's all good, man. Uh, we just we just were talking about uh, Tony Br- or uh, Tony Br- uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown um, on uh, fast break. You, you can have the next one if you want. Antonio Brown. Oh, he's a he's he's a good he's a good guy. I love him. I love him. I love Antonio Brown. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that the crazy antics you can do in your personal life and still get rewarded in your professional life, isn't it? It's it's funny how some people, the teams will bat a a blind eye to when others, uh, things they do just stand out a little bit harder. As a Dallas Cowboy right. fan, I completely understand that because we take everybody that nobody wants. <laughs> well, well it, it's usually your team that everything happens on. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the next guy on the list, Travis so Tra- Travis Kelsey is going to go down as a top five tight end of all time, um, and, and that's uh, if he stays with with Patrick Mahomes for three or four more years, we're going to start to see. Just, I mean, he he's led all tight ends in receiving yards for five five years. That that's just something that we hadn't seen out of Tony Gonzalez. He was always in the top two or three, but he was not the the consistent leader that that uh, that Travis Kelsey was. All right. So what about Lauren? I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Uh, Lawrence Taylor was the next one on the list. <laughs> There's the goat. We lost him again. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor changed. The game. Uh, he he changed the game from a pass rushing standpoint. Where from the linebacker position, he changed the game on 
left tackles being the most important uh, position outside of the, the quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there, there's nobody that did more for the defensive side of the ball in, in NFL history than Lawrence Taylor. Hmm. What about... Um... No, 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 no. No, no. I need to ask ask this one. You already know I need to ask. I know, I know. I know he's your your boy. My boy's next. It's all right. Deshaun Watson. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Uh, So, I mean, I I absolutely love love the talent. What he was able to do last year with that roster after they, they made that absolutely asinine trade of uh, trading DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona and that he carried just a a bunch of nobodies. Uh, The the talent is there. I just, if I'm a, if I'm an NFL team, how do you trade up? how, How do you trade assets for a guy that you don't know if he's going to spend years in jail or not? Uh, it, it's just so the the situation is so cloudy right now that I can't. Uh, if I'm an NFL GM, I I wouldn't be able to pull the plug, even though I know the the talent is immense. Right, I understand. Yeah, I think I think it's going to take someone getting extremely desperate, or yep. or the Texans just washing their hands of the situation and cutting him and him signing somewhere for very yeah, but They've already made it clear that that's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's so crazy. Such a crazy situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we're gonna go to the future goat, the tiger <laughs> King, uh, Joe Burrow. So, Joe Burrow has all the potential to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL now. Not not all-time or anything, but I think he can be a, a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. He's got a great group of, uh, of, of receivers with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Um, we're starting to see him get a little more comfortable each week. Uh, progressing from that knee injury, uh, I, ju- I think we need to see a little bit more from him uh, in the in the ru- in the rushing game in order for me to really cement him in, in that that top ten. He had a, he had a nice run against the Steelers last week, a team that we absolutely <laughs> slaughtered. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, hey, like I said, the the talent is there. The, the group of pass catchers is there. Now it just has to all come together. He has to let the injury escape his mind because I think we're seeing uh, a little bit of tentativeness. Uh, he's, he, he's only averaging, coming into this game, 217 yards a game. So uh, I, I'd love to see him just let loose like we saw the first half of last year. Yeah, I, I agree. He. He only threw the ball, I think, 18 times. Last yeah, he week. didn't need to. Right. Yeah, we were running all over him. <laughs> yeah. 
speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the bus Jerome Bettis. So you see, I, I got I got my Notre Dame hat on here. Uh, I, I I absolutely loved Jerome Bettis. Um, wa- watching a guy that resembled me physically was so fun to to watch. Uh, when he doesn't look like your prototypical superstar running back, but boy, did again he he was nicknamed the bus for a reason. He he would go and run you over. Possibly one of the top five running backs of all time, Barry Sanders. Man, I wish I, I wish I got to see him play more. Uh, he special. The, the the one word that comes to mind with Barry Sanders is special. You you, you watch those highlights, and you, there's just no way that anyone can do the things that he does. And yeah, he he did them on a consistent basis for one of the the worst franchises in sports history. Yeah, so so crazy that they had two of the greatest ever yeah. at two offensive positions retire so early so in, in Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson is a top 5 receiver all time for me. He he's he's Randy Moss Jr. Yeah, he literally he came into the league and he retired and now he got put into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. During Tom Brady's whole career. <laughs> yeah. That's so insane when you think about that. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's great, though. That should tell you everything you need to know about that franchise. That should tell you everything you need to know about yeah. how awesome and how on top Tom Brady has been. Right. Yeah. So the the, the thing that, that blew my mind away when I, I just heard this stat – that Tom Brady is now 14 touchdowns away from having as many touchdowns in his 40s than he had in his 20s. Jeez. <laughs> he could get that wow. this year. Yeah, oh yeah, he'll he'll have that in what, 5 6 weeks. Yeah. He'll, yeah. he'll have he'll have more touchdowns in his 40s than he had in his 20s. Now, he when he was 22 when he was drafted, he didn't uh, get to start until he was 24. So he, he really only had, what, six, six years or so as a, as a starting quarterback in, in his 20s. But when you're at his age, you should be going downhill by now. Yeah, There is no downhill for Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, it, it really is one of the more remarkable things that, that I've seen, that he just keeps maintaining the, the level of play 22 years into his career. It's it's HGH, but it's cool. Like he's 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 a cyborg. He you know he's it's HGH and a, and a mixture of uh, really good like hand creams and skin creams. Right. You know, I there, there's two athletes out there right now. One of them being Tom Brady, the other one being LeBron James. It's like who who truly would be the greatest athlete though between the two? Because it seems like they have no end life. You know. It's so insane. I, I am uh, not the biggest NBA fan, but and I but I am I'm not a LeBron fan at all. I'm not either. <laughs> but there is no more physically dominant player in the history of sports than LeBron James. In, that- in, ter- in terms of physical dominance, for because uh, there are guys that are bigger than him, there are guys that are faster than him. No one can stop him when when, when he wants to. 
do what he wants to do, he does it. Tyler James is over here just biting at the lip to get in on this. Get, I need to go get my LeBron jersey real quick. Back into the NFL, Ray Lewis. He was a killer linebacker. Mean, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, mean, mean dude. Uh, great leader. But I would love to know what really happened. <laughs> Me too. I, 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 I have noticed throughout this podcast, I love your, your honesty here. and want, I just – that 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 has touched me great. We'll have to get into depth, I think, on on another episode of more about our uh, opinions on some of these guys. But nonetheless, um, you know, Tom Brady, of course, I think is the goat. Um, but his his, I guess, in Tom Brady's opinion, his favorite time and his goat is Joe Montana. He grew right. up a. San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, what's, what's your opinion of, of uh, Joe Montana? Did the most with the least in, in terms of phys- physical attributes. There's Joe Montana, should, he shouldn't have been any good. When you look at his arm strength, his size, his athleticism, he it, if – Joe Montana comes out in the NFL draft in 2022. He's a, what, a fifth, sixth, seventh rounder because teams just don't look for those qualities. They, they don't look for, oh, well, this guy's a winner and we're that's what we're going out. They're like, oh, I want 6'5 uh, to run a, a sub 4540. That, that, that's what NFL teams are looking at. Uh, Joe Montana did the, the did the most with the least. Yeah, I think he got he lucked into a really really good system with a really oh, really good uh, coach. It, it was the perfect system. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it was, and, and lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and I I think without that system, it, it would be tough to think that there was the system that Tom Brady thrived in for all those years. There are a lot of similarities between. Uh, Joe Walsh's uh, uh, between Bill Walsh's uh, West Coast offense that he created, and and what we saw from Brady with uh, with New England, what we're seeing with with Brady and uh, and Bruce Arians, the fact that that they are two completely different systems, what from what he was used to with New England and what he's doing in in, uh, in Tampa is, is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, um, I left, which is the next big guru, like hire that, and I think he's going to do great things. The whoever takes him on as a head coach, uh, I think he's a great coordinator. Um, I would love him to come to Cincinnati and get rid of us with Zach Taylor one day. Hopefully. Yeah, so I mean, the to me, the 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 match that I would love to see with Cincy is Joe Brady. Uh, you, you have the, I would, the, I would the, gladly the, take the, Joe Brady too. That that LSU connection, uh, mm-hmm. I think that what we saw from Joe Burrow that his senior year wasn't because of Ed Orgeron. It was because of Joe Brady. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and and you know Burrow and, and Chase are proving yeah, you know that it's just ridiculous with what they can do together. All right, let's switch back to the defensive side of the football. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Minister of Defense, Reggie White. 
best defensive end that that I ever saw. Um, he he beat double teams on, on a consistent basis. We've seen uh, the JJ Watt. I think is the closest that we've seen from a, a defensive end. But JJ Watt draws the double teams. Reggie White beat the double teams. All right, well, since we stand on defense, we might as well go to primetime himself, Neon Deion Sanders. What's your opinion of him? What One of the greatest athletes uh, that, that ever played the game. Um, he was necessary for the NFL in the, the time that he played because they were in need of a face, uh, so, someone who could – take over as the, the the flash the like i said the the face of the nfl and he he was he was perfect for what the nfl was looking for at the time he's also a former cowboy yeah but he was better as a 49er <laughs> he won a ring with the 49ers and the cowboys he's even <laughs> Um, let's go with the um, next person. Uh, what is this? Uh, Florida State Hour. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, da- Dalvin Cook weirds me out because he, again, there's a, there's another guy who just doesn't have great physical attributes. I think he's in the, a perfect system for him. Uh, and, and volume is king. When, you, when you're looking at someone like, like a Dalvin Cook, if he's not fed the ball 20, 25 times a game, I don't think we're, we're thinking about him in the same light that we're talking, that we think of an Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara gets, what, between 15 and 20 touches a game. He just makes more out of those touches than, uh, than Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook is one of those volume monsters. Yeah, he get, he definitely gets better as the game you know goes on. Uh, he was he was my number one pick um, this year, um, and broke my heart when he didn't play last week. But yeah, all right, was, let's uh, big game out on the uh, West Coast this week. So let's talk about Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is one of my favorites. I have him. I, I, I'm in 11 leagues this year. Uh, seven, seven money leagues, four that I do with uh, with uh, coworkers or, or family. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm in 11 money, uh, 11 total leagues. I think I have Tyler Lockett in six or seven of them. Uh, especially if you're looking in terms of, of PPR, but uh, he he just gets the job done and and nobody talks about him because everyone thinks about DK Metcalf because of Mm -hmm. his physical attributes and Tyler Tyler Lockett is just the, the, the forgotten guy by defenses that Russell Wilson trusts. Yeah. He gets those huge, huge plays. Um, And Tyler Lockett had a hundred receptions last year. Yeah. Nobody yeah. talks about the fact he he had a hundred catches last year. Uh, now I know most of them were in uh, in the first half of the season. It was a rough 
uh, offensive stretch over uh, over the second half for the uh, for the Seahawks. But the the fact that he he, he was the wide receiver nine in, in fantasy football last year in uh, in a half point PPR setting, nobody wants to give him the credit that he uh, deserves. Actual factuals, and I'm going to go ahead and stick with the stick with the theme of me uh, asking you about top five players of positions, and uh, the next one comes from who I believe top four of all time, and a tight end, Antonio Gates. Man, uh, improbable. Uh, the fact that he he went he probably the the greatest undrafted player in NFL history. Uh, I think it was a perfect match between him and Philip Rivers, but it, it's it, it's one of the the great stories that's out there. He a college basketball player that plays two years uh, of college football goes undrafted and is going to be, uh, yeah, he, he's he's a top four or five tight end of all time. Um. <clears throat> Well, we're going to move on to um, the offensive line. How about mm-hmm. – uh, I think uh, I think this guy's probably the greatest offensive lineman of all time, uh, uh, Joe Thomas. Uh, he's top five for me. Uh, I, there are a couple other guys that, that I think I, I would rank ahead of him. Uh, a lot of it is because he played so many years for a bad team. Uh, he never got to protect a, a, a good quarterback. Um, but I, I, you're, you're looking for me. I, I, I like Brady Anthony Quinn. Munoz. Oh, Brady. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, so I, I, I had to, I had to I, bring I have, you back down in there a little bit. I, I, I have a Brady Quinn story for you. So part of uh, what, like I said, what we do with Back Sports Pages, we – uh, help promote uh, charity events. Uh, so Anthony Fasano, uh, great uh, Chiefs, Dolphins. Uh, he, he played a couple teams, uh, tight end. He grew up maybe about 15 minutes from uh, from where I live, and he he had he used to have a charity golf outing every year. And Brady Quinn came out to uh, to one of the events and. I had asked him. Now, again, you see that you see the hat. These, uh, I, I'm a I'm a Notre Dame. I, I bleed blue and gold. Uh, Rudy is my favorite movie of all time. What one of those one of those things? So, Brady Quinn is my guy. Uh, and so he shows up to this uh, this golf event, and I I just wanted to get like a one or two minute thing with him about how. Uh, how he and how he was enjoying the event, uh, what he likes about uh, doing the these uh, these charity events. He sits down at a table and talks to me for 25 minutes. Uh, wow. He is one of the all-time genuine dudes uh, that that there is, and he has turned into a spectacular analyst. Uh, what watching him do uh, do college football. Mm-hmm. Uh, games, uh, I think it was Fox. I think. Yeah, Fox. Yeah. He he, and then he also does work on serious uh, on NFL uh, radio. 
he he's become what one of my favorite uh analysts just to listen to not not just because of who who he is but because of what he says so yeah um brady that brady quinn's my guy all right so let's move on to uh the you uh warren sack uh most dominant defensive tackle i have i ever saw again the there's many that uh came before him but warren sap is, is the most dominant defensive tackle i ever saw all right so now we're going back to the offense and so we're going back to a theme that has been a my thing for you top two receiver of all time randy moss yeah so i i said randy moss is who i, who I think the, the the best the greatest receiver of all time just because of everything that he could do uh, what what he did coming out of uh, of Marshall going to uh, to Minnesota and just dominating from his rookie season on the one year that he had a down year was when he played for the Raiders and he just didn't want to be there uh, and I think what was it a third round pick that the Raiders traded him to uh, to the uh, Patriots, and his first year with Tom Brady, he breaks the record for receiving yards and touchdowns. Uh, that he, mo- most dominant receiver there's ever been. You know you're a good player when kids who weren't even around to see you play still say I mossed you. Well, I mossed you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I lost you. Yeah, it, it's it, it's a thing, and, and it's because the the size, the athleticism. He could jump. He had the the most insane vertical that I, I've ever seen out of a, a wide receiver, and he he was just special. Well, pretty pretty soon, everyone gonna be getting chased on. All right. By, uh, by Jamar. Here you go. It, it's tough to do it when you're five ten. That part. Hey, hey, he's he's, he's six foot. Uh, in cleats. Uh, yeah, in cleats. <laughs> you know, everybody. What everybody was compared. Uh, well, Huck was when he uh, mentioned how LeBron and uh, Brady are the most dominant. You know, longevity wise, but. I don't know for some reason. Now that we just had this conversation about Randy Moss, LeBron James is more similar to Randy Moss oh, to me absolutely. than he is to Tom Brady. Absolutely, you know, because they both dominated from the beginning. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and Tyler will attest that LeBron's one down year was when he was injured, and he and LeBron never gets injured, and he came back the next year yeah, and well, won a championship for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can. I, I definitely see the uh, the comparison with with Moss and uh, and LeBron. Well, so uh, this, is the, this is the last one. Um, All right. We, we've talked about a lot of guys. Um, uh, we're going to end on a giant. Okay. All right. And it's it's not going to be Eli. It's going to be Daniel Jones. Uh, not, not the franchise quarterback. <laughs> I, I like Daniel up on him. No, I like Daniel Jones. I think he's a good quarterback. 
I just don't think he's going to ever be the, the quarterback that a team is going to say, take us to the Super Bowl, and then him be able to do it. Um, what what year are we in for Daniel Jones? Was this, is this, year, this three, is year four? three? This is year three. Uh, this, this is a very important year for Daniel Jones because the Giants do have two first-round draft picks last year. Remember, they, they traded down uh, with the Bears so that the Bears could jump up and get Justin Fields. So they do have the, the Bears. And there's a very good chance the Giants end up with two top ten picks in the in the draft next year. And if they are that bad where at, at the end of the season where they're picking that high, Daniel Jones is going to uh, be the, the odd man out because they're going to, to draft his replacement. We, we've got we've got a couple now I know Spencer Rattler uh, out there in Oklahoma has uh, not done uh, some great things for his uh, draft status over uh, over the first couple weeks of right. uh, of the college football <laughs> season. Uh, but you got guys like Keaton Slovis with uh, with USC. You got Sam uh, Howell at North Carolina. That's those are just a, a couple names that. I think a lot of people would have ranked much higher than uh, than Daniel Jones ever was ranked. Just real quick, because I'm a Hawkeye fan, I got to ask you where do you uh, where do you see Brock Purdy? Uh, I think there's a, a, a good chance he's a first rounder. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, he quarterback isn't loves. deep. I don't th- think. Th- th- hmm. I don't feel like the quarterbacks are super deep this year. It's, when it comes it's to the not draft. deep. It's not deep. It's top heavy. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy. I, I know I, I've heard day two being thrown around uh, with him, but so I can see a Jordan Love situation where you, you have a, a team drafting it at the end of the first round that has their guy uh, for the next two or three years. And they, they want to bring someone in that, they can develop under their system. Um, I, I really like. I really like Brock Purdy. <laughs> That's not what I was hoping to hear, but thank you for your honesty. <laughs> you know, back to the David Daniel oh, Jones thing. Uh, that's the best thing about. That's the best worst thing about the NFC East is that history shows that it just fluctuates throughout the week. Yeah, like we could in week seventeen, we could have the Giants and the Cowboys tied at a, at a, at a seven and eight and the, the, the winning game, they go to the playoff and they clinch the division, you know? So I would, I wouldn't count Daniel Jones out just yet, but yeah, like you mentioned, like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, if he doesn't step up, the Giants are definitely taking a quarterback with one of those picks. Yeah. It's because you, you have to assume that if they're picking in the top 10, we're going to see a, a mass exodus within the front office, maybe, uh, maybe even with it with Joe Judge and and the rest of the coaching staff uh, being let go as well. Uh, and if you're bringing in a, a new regime, they're going to want their own quarterback. Yeah, bring in Byron Leftwich. 
There you go. That's your future future quarterbacks or uh, head coach. I, I was I, I was shocked when uh, or maybe not not even left which Eric Bieniemy. Uh, yeah, that that's a I, guy that I I was done ha, has not gotten a, a job at, as a head coach yet, and it, I don't know which direction the Giants are going to go, but if it were if I had to guess right now, I would say that they would go with someone more experienced. Uh, it usually that's usually what you see uh, with NFL teams if they go with a a young inexperienced guy and it doesn't work. They go to an experienced guy. If they have an offensive coach that doesn't work, they go to a defensive coach. They just try and change things, things up. So uh, seeing as they have the, the inexperience with, uh, with Joe judge now, uh, I, I, I don't know which experienced coaches would be out there, but, but I mean, judge was very inexperienced. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't even a coordinator. He'd never been a coordinator in the NFL, um, but they trusted two people. They trusted the Bill Belichick and they trusted Nick Saban. Those were the two guys that gave the recommendations for Joe Judge uh, to to uh, to Dave Gettleman. Yeah, well, I mean, they those two guys. Might know a little bit about what they're yeah, talking they, about they, yeah. in, in running a football team, a little bit. And, and I, I think Joe Judge is a is a good coach. Uh, everything that he says, the right things. Uh, you hear the the players say that they love playing for him. To me, it, there there's a coordinator issue, and uh, J- Jason Garrett has he just From runs Dallas. the most <laughs> vanilla offense i've ever seen in my life there is no creativity whatsoever and when you have someone like a daniel jones who right now may be the best runner that the giants have uh because everybody is focusing on on saquon in those uh rpos and daniel jones i mean going into Week three had the third most amount of rushing yards by a uh, by a quarterback, only behind Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. Uh, and he also had a 50-yard run taken back because of a really bad uh, call by the refs on a, a on a hold that uh, that Thursday night game against Washington. Yeah, um, I I like Daniel Jones. Um, I think that. Uh, if I was a Giants fan, I don't know that I would uh, give up on him just yet. I think that the Giants are missing. I think Daniel Jones needs some better weapons. I, I I think he has the weapons. To me, he he needs what when he has time in the pocket, he makes the right decisions. They just yeah. have not been able to figure out the the offensive line for ten years. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a line issue, and I think it's a defense issue, um, and it's a play calling issue. Yeah, um, I love. I, I wish that they would make some packages for Tony and use him better. That that's uh, what Joe Judge has actually said uh, in, in his media uh, sessions this week 
is that they they need to get him more involved. We saw him have uh, on the first drive last week. He had two receptions and and he looked he he looked fresh. He looked energetic, and it's like, oh, okay, here we go. We're finally going to get Kadarius Tony involved in the game plan, and then we didn't see him the rest of the game. Colin Johnson was out there. Yeah. Uh, Again, Jason Garrett. He he need he's he's the one that's going to uh, bite the bullet first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was shocked when uh, when they made that uh, that hire, brought him over. But yeah, and you, you know what I'll be doing when uh, when Jason Garrett gets fired, I'll be going. It's fu- it's funny that you say that because you know me too. It, it's like you it's like you've never seen Mike uh, Mike McCarthy coach. <laughs> well, I, Mike, I've never seen a more inept. Although a- Andy Reid's pretty bad, uh, time management coach in the history of football. He is so Marvin bad. Lewis. <laughs> Marvin Lewis. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean. Mike McCarthy is one of those guys that makes you scratch your head because, I mean, he had so much success in Green Bay, but it's easy to have success when you have Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. When you have two of the top, what, six, seven quarterbacks of all time uh, running your your brigade, yeah, you're going to look better than uh, than you – actually are all facts and i'm agreeing <laughs> with it because he's my coach this year <laughs> well man um i want to thank you for uh, for joining us um, hey, uh, hey thanks tonight. for having me it's been a blast uh, yeah i mean it's been it's been awesome uh, uh cutting up with you um and uh getting to know you a little bit talking some football um I wish the best to uh, to uh, your Irish this week against. Uh, yeah, the, big one uh, against uh, against Cincinnati. Bearcats. Yeah, um, um, we, we've uh, we've already heard some uh, some chippy uh, talk coming out of out of Cincinnati, saying how uh, it, it's not going that uh, Notre Dame Stadium is going to be loud, but they're not going to be loud for too long. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how how that happens. Uh, it's been a it was a rough first eleven quarters of the season for the Irish. We yeah. just there, there's so much talent, uh, but the the big thing with Notre Dame over the the past uh, what ten years under Brian Kelly was they always produced one of the top offensive lines in the game. They have four freshmen on their offensive line. Uh, or I'm sorry, three freshmen and one transfer. So they they have four new members to their offensive line this year, and that that's just been the, the biggest thing. And when when you have someone like a Jack Cone, who doesn't give you the mobility that that an Ian Book had last year, or that a, a Tyler Buckner uh, has shown in glimpses so far this year, you need better play out of your offensive line. Um, I do think we're going to start to see Tyler Buckner get uh, acclimated into this offense more often as, uh, as as the season goes along for Notre Dame. Awesome. 
Ryan, thank you so well, much for being with us tonight. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, look forward to uh, to uh, next time. Yes, Be sir. Well. I want to get you back on here and talk again. Um, that was uh, that was awesome, guys. Um, yeah. Um, we'll take a uh, take a quick uh, moment, real quick, um, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. And now for a moment with the Macho Hut. Who better than Canyon? Who the hell is Canyon? <laughs> Drink, bitch. Stay classy. White wine. Who better than Canyon? I love that guy. Uh, I miss Who's him. Canyon? <laughs> Who is Canyon? Um, John Cena don't give a shit about Canyon. He Neither does Flair. And uh, everyone, everyone's wanting to cancel him after that Dark Side of the Ring episode. Oh man, that that was a uh, that was intense. That was on par with the plane ride from hell. It was um, Rick Rick Flair and his uh, um, helicopter shenanigans and. Um, so I mean. Junk. I mean, for let's, for a minute though, let's just talk about that. So like, everybody's up in arms about this episode of of dark side of the ring right and i watched the episode and everybody's like oh tommy dreamer like but like what did tommy dreamer really do like i, I don't i didn't hear anything like don't get me wrong i'm married i have a daughter like i get you know the whole like being nice to women fan thing. but like i don't think anything that tommy dreamer said came across to me as like super offensive and like inappropriate he you know was just I mean? insensitive. It, it, yeah, he didn't was... really say anything that was wrong, and he doesn't deserve to be fired from either of his jobs. Um, and I and I hope he's not, but I, I have a feeling that he might be, because um, that's just the day and age that we're in. Yeah. Um, but uh, he just said stuff that was just insensitive. And, I didn't. And that, yeah. in this day and age, people get offended pretty easily, and. In order for you know, especially a, a big company or a bigger company like Impact Wrestling, you got to protect yourself and save face. And the best way to do that is not have that person's um, affiliation with you. And yeah. because people were upset. <laughs> I yeah, think I it was the, that. I think it was the line where he was um, where he was saying, "Well, if you took the money, then yes, <laughs> that's exactly the line." Not him describing Ric Flair's nature, boy. Um, <laughs> I did. I I must have missed that line because I didn't even hear that one. So yeah, that is a little yeah, he, bit more. Yeah, he 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 basically was just like if you know you 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 basically you took you know, the you, hush money. So yeah, hush. You, you you were suing for all this. You know if it was a problem. You know, however long seventeen years ago when you were suing for it, why did you stop the lawsuit and just take the money if it was such a big issue? Why is it bigger? Why is it a big issue now? Is basically that's I'm paraphrasing. But right. that's 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 what he said basically, so I that, I can see why it's insensitive, you know. But mm -hmm. the fact that you know if Ric Flair did this, um, which it's you know he did, um, WWE even made a you know story time about it on the network. Um, but um, you can uh, it, the fact that you know whether whether he did it or not, the fact that it happened doesn't she she's not going to just you know, forget it, you know, right. she was just talking about it. They were doing this episode. 
You know, so it's not like she's bringing it up. I mean, these people probably came to her wanting to do the episode. That's the only re- the same reason why you're talking about it, Tommy Dreamer, and probably getting, you know, some money for it. Oh yeah. You know, is the same reason why she's there. You know, 100%. to talk about it. Yeah. So. I mean, a lot of things happened in the wrestling world this week. I mean, uh, Sammy Guevara won the TNT Championship last night against Miro, which was a horrible decision, but Sammy's over. You talk about, like, shock endings. So that was the first full live episode I've watched of Dynamite when it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And I it was the, literally the first time my jaw has dropped for wrestling in probably two years. Yeah. And it, the, the way they built uh, Miro up, throughout that was 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 miraculous like you really thought that he would be the one he's going to be the one to take the AEW title from from uh, Kenny Omega but yesterday was like whoa okay I'd I'd book a decision I hate it you know it's you you build dude is undefeated never been beaten never been beaten in AEW since he arrived you build him as this superstar, and then you have him get beat by Vanilla Midget on a random episode of uh, Dynamite. Yeah, this is a man who beat who he's beaten Darby Allen. He's beat he's beaten everyone that has he beat been put Eddie Kingston. Well, the, that thing, part. the right. thing about it for me is because I'm a big fan of of Lance Archer, and like he basically he destroyed beat Lance, Lance Archer. Archer. Yeah, like Lance Archer's gigantic. And, and then yeah. you have, and and then you have this guy like Sammy Guevara, who's like the size of my seven-year-old son, and he beat Miro. Like part of me, part of me watched it and I was shocked because I was like, "You expect me as a wrestling fan with to no that build that guy? up? That's the no problem. build, yeah." No. Like you, so I'm I'm going to full gear in November. So I'm hoping that there's some kind of build back to Miro for full gear, but who knows what they're going to do? No, if they're going to do something with Miro, they need to move him on to the main event because. I love the Redeemer gimmick. Um, I think it's 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 great, um, even though it's stolen. Um, but it's 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 a great gimmick, um, and uh, it's it fits him. It suits him. Um, I, I I feel like he should be in the main event there, and they should move him on to bigger and better things. Um, don't stick him into some little feud with. Sammy Guevara, and certainly don't put him in another match and have him lose again to Sammy Guevara. Yeah. If you're going to do it. Because then you absolutely ruin everything that you've it, built over, what is he? What, 10 and 0? Oh, 12 and 0? Oh? He was 15, 15 and 0. 15 and 0? Yep. 15 and 0. Oh, but it makes, me wonder, him up it makes me wonder if his contract's coming up or something. May, I mean, maybe. Because I. I literally saw that, and I thought to my, I remember thinking during this match, like, there's no way Sammy's winning this match. And then I really thought to myself at one point, there's only one way that he loses that title, and it's somebody coming in like a like a inner circle like, member, like a Wyndham Rotunda, or a you know, or somebody like that, Bray Wyatt for those of you yeah. who don't know what his real name is. But yeah. I mean, Dynamite right. was Dynamite was pretty decent yesterday. It was, yeah. but the the biggest the biggest takeaway for me in the past week was uh, Roman and the Extreme Rules Extreme Rules match with uh, the Demon Finn Balor. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I went back and and I've I've watched uh, uh, some of the Extreme. I didn't watch Extreme Rules live. Um, I I've actually uh, 
I've uh, not continued on with my my network subscription right now because me and WWE we're in this love hate relationship and we were in a love relationship there for a good time at this point all the way up until about SummerSlam and then just became some hate um, and uh, I uh, specifically talking about that match what in the hell are they doing well what bothers me about this guys is like you built the demon king character to be almost like like what we were talking about with miro like this this special like almost unbeatable character right like you you built him to be this demon monster and then you put him against roman reigns like you know what you know what matt this is this is where i'm gonna say this is exactly how they fuck messed up with the fiend. Now the fiend character didn't need to be inserted into any championship matches during the time that he was inserted. Now I get it. WWE wanted to cash in because he was the hottest thing going at that moment, but he didn't, the fiends character didn't need the belt to be relevant, to be the top headliner or whatever. Yeah. Finn, Finn necessarily doesn't need the belt, but he needs the belt. Well, but I'm I'm just more about the like it's you're exactly right. Like like first of all with the fiend character, like really? Goldberg? Goldberg? Come on, man. Yeah, and then just... and, and then on top of that, it's like like I said, the demon. Like you look at the demon's history in NXT. Unbeatable. No one could beat that guy in NXT as the demon, right? Then he comes to the main roster and we saw the demon what? Two times? Two, before? three times, yeah. We saw he went to... right? Because we didn't get a, the match, we didn't get the match with Bray that we were supposed to get. No, we got uh, we got Demon versus Seth. Yep. We got Demon versus AJ. Mm-hmm. And we got who else did we get? Did Demon we get a third? Roman. Demon versus Roman. Demon versus Roman now. Yeah. But and this is like they they took Finn and granted it did wonders for his career to go back down to NXT and find out who that in that New Japan uh, prince was, and he brought mm-hmm. that to NXT, but. He didn't need to be immediately put into the Universal Championship. See, the thing, the thing with Roman's they just reign, don't have anybody else. That's it. That you've 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 exhausted every top star on SmackDown. It's a good thing that the draft is happening next week because they don't have anyone to feed to Roman anymore. I like what they've done with Roman. You have to have him keep winning. I feel like if you're going to do the match. If, if it is supposed to be Rock and Roman at Mania, you have to have him keep beating people. But they have no one left on SmackDown. He has destroyed everyone. And that's the thing, that they've, they've given multiple people numerous opportunities to take this title away from him because they don't... But they've they, buried them in the process. And, on, and, like, and, that's, and that's also been an ongoing thing with WWE is that they don't build enough people up. They they're 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 constantly stuck with the same people that they held. Hell, when Cesaro got his shot at the Universal Title, I was surprised. Well, and, and I think and I think though too, like you think back to the days of like when when the invasion happened and WWE bought WCW, right? And you uh-huh. had guys coming in like Booker T and all those guys, right? Like, I mean, you ask me, you ask me today to this day, like everything I'm seeing right now. So you got Kevin Owens from Ring of Honor, right? Not a homegrown talent. Okay, you've got Finn Balor. Came in from New Japan, not a homegrown talent. The only guy in the last, I would argue, to eight to ten years who was not a homegrown talent 
who WWE hasn't somewhat buried is AJ Styles. Oh yeah, that 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 that's a fact. I mean, you look at those guys on the Indies. You guys look uh, at those I guys mean, in Ring of Honor. Seth hasn't really been buried, right? Other than okay, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. I mean, well, it, Samoa, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro. I, I guess would say Daniel I would Bryan. say Drew McIntyre has not been buried, but it took him getting fired, and then that rebuilding that himself. That is true. He he needed to, he needed to come back. Um, yeah. And, and that's the thing. They've had so much talent over the last 15 to 15 years that they, that are still wrestling with the company now that they could have pushed. Like, um, and people are gonna people are gonna say I'm wrong as hell. I'm, I'm a big Ziggler mark. Yeah, Goldberg Ziggler gave Goldberg his best match in 15 years. <laughs> no, Ziggler can just sell for anybody. So. Yeah. And that's the thing, and, and that's the thing, like, it, there were points during his run where you felt that it was coming, where he he should have been pushed to that to that John Cena-esque role in 2004, 2016. His Intercontinental title program with The Miz should have made a vid at No Mercy that year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you ain't really wrong. I mean, that was, that was a good feud. And, you know, Cesaro... I remember during one of the first episodes of the Broken Skull session when Vince McMahon literally shit on Cesaro and said he doesn't interact with the people, but then you yeah, get him... He can't speak. Yeah, it, facts. But then you get him interacting with the people. There were times where the entire crowds had Cesaro section signs in the crowd and you still refuse to push this man. Mm-hmm. So... That just comes down to WWE not realizing what they have inside of their own locker room and yes. feeling like, well, we have to depend on Roman. We have to depend on Seth. We have to depend on AJ. We have to depend on this guy because as over as this guy is, we feel like this guy could get us where we need to. A perfect example with Miro when he was looking- a Rusev day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, Major. Why did, why did Cena need to be the guy? Like, why did Cena need to be the guy to end that? You know what I mean? Like, that was just, I don't know. That's But, like, here's the thing for me, guys, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Do you guys feel like the business has changed? Because, like, I know Vince McMahon's thing is, like, the big guy, right? 6'5", 280, 290, like, the big guy, you know? The Braun Strowman size guys, even though they fired Braun Strowman. But, like, yeah. you think, I personally think the business has changed, and now we're seeing a lot more of the smaller to mid-sized guys in the business and Vince doesn't necessarily like it. I mean, look at what he did to NXT 2.0. Yeah, and put Braun Breaker at the forefront. Who's, who's I a... love Braun Breaker. Don't you dare say a bad word about Braun Breaker. I what? hate the fact that they won't acknowledge that he sounds like his uncle. I hate that they changed his name from Rex Steiner. He will always be Rex Steiner to me. But Braun Breaker is a future... Universal or World Heavyweight Champion and Main Event WrestleMania one day, dude. I th- guaranteed. I, I literally think that in yeah, the next. In the next <laughs> bear with us. <laughs> I think Braun Breaker. He they 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 are priming him up for some major. I don't even think he's going to be on NXT that long. Well, and I think and I think no. one of the things that you'll see with him, a guy like him, is Tyler. You mentioned it. Why are they not calling him Rex Steiner? Because he's in NXT. I think because they're notorious for changing guys' names, right? So once you put him in front – because I think NXT is a less mainstream product right now than Raw and SmackDown. I think mm-hmm. the second that guy goes to the main roster, he's going to be called – he's going to become Rex Steiner. 
No, I, I I agree with you to an extent. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna take him to have a heel turn. Yeah, no, I I think that he he gets an NXT title run. I think he's the one who takes it off of um, to uh, myself. Champa. Um, uh, he does that run, um, and I think that you know night after WrestleMania, Braun Breaker is probably the guy that uh, he's coming up soon after that. Um, or I could be wrong, and he could be drafted this next week. NXT 2.0 is in the draft. That's what they said. Man, so. that w- that would be major. So who do you guys think from NXT is actually going to go, other than Rex Steiner? I, I, th- I think it's going to be the old heads. Johnny um, Gargano. I think, I think you're going to see Gargano get drafted. Um, I think you're going to see um, uh, who's the who's the Johnny Nitro's chick. I called him Johnny Nitro. Morris Johnny Morris. Nitro. Johnny Nitro. Johnny Nitro. Uh, yeah, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie Monet. Monet. Uh, Frankie Monet. You're gonna see her get drafted, probably. Um, yeah. I uh, would he, love I, her to get drafted. I think she would be the perfect side piece for Morrison to take that next step. I, I, think, I would too. I think you're gonna see Tommaso Ciampa get drafted, and then Tuesday night on NXT, they're gonna change the title. Um, very possible. Um, very possible. Yeah, I, I, Kyle O'Reilly is probably a name that's on the list. Um, you know, I don't know if Samoa Joe's considered to be, but like, don't even get me started on Samoa Joe because, yeah, we probably don't have time for that. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> um, we're gonna go into uh, our uh, our TikTok pick of the week. Um, it's a good one. Um, it's still wrestling related. Um, um, AEW, like we said, was uh, pretty fire uh, this past week. Um, a big, uh, big segment had Arn Anderson involved. <laughs> Arn Anderson, he pulls up on bitches. He's a badass. Facts. He's a badass. Uh, check us out. You pull up to a red light. A man jerks your door open, says, "Out of the car! I'm taking your car." You say, "Okay, take it." Just don't hurt me. You know what I do? I pull out the Glock, put it on his forehead, and spill his brains all over the concrete. Riding around the block with a Glock. Yo ass finna get shot. That's the silencer. That's the grenade. The thing is... The thing is, can anyone actually see Art Anderson doing that? Yes. Art yes. Anderson, Art Anderson, a thug, man. Pull up. Man. Don't pull up on Art Anderson. No, don't pull up. Don't pull. Hey, Art Anderson, say I got that Glock back there. He's like, I'm gonna, gonna blow his brain. You, you try, you try to make this thing talk. That's what he's saying. Say, yo, that was that was the best fucking promo I've seen in a while because it was I, I'm not saying I believe Art Anderson has about three four of them in the case anyway <laughs> I mean know? in 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 one sentence Art Anderson became my favorite wrestler of all time I, I think, like, <laughs> that was that was the greatest segment I think in uh in, in other than other than when Jericho and MGF and I don't know why I was calling MJF. MJF when they did the whole like uh singing dance along thing um, that was like the, se- the second greatest Dinner segment I've ever seen on, on, on Dynamite. Um, it was great. But uh, that was uh, that was great. 
But uh, we're going to go into um, our uh, in credits. It starts with I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep that in mind. I'm designed this product to explain in due time. Yeah. Um, Rest so, in peace uh, to Chester. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Um, tonight, tonight was awesome. Um, I had a great time. Um, thank you again, uh, Ryan Stern, um, for uh, for joining us. Uh, what a great guest. Um, went a whole lot uh, longer than uh, I planned, but that's what happens uh, when you're having fun um, and uh, having great convo. Um, but uh, also, Matt, uh, thank you a lot for uh, jumping in here and, and filling in and, and hanging out. And we really, really needed you tonight. I appreciate um, it. I had a blast, guys. I hope you guys will have me back. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I want, I want to definitely uh, have you back and, and, and along. I with vote us. yes. I vote yes. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Yes. It's been great. It was. Um, Mom, they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the meatloaf. Um, but, uh, Hot the uh, Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, uh, our next episode is going to be on uh, October 16th. Um, uh, our guest is uh, to be determined. We will uh, hit you all up with that uh, soon enough. Um, but uh, thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, it's Cut Up Crew Podcast uh, for Rain and Matt. And Huck, who had some technical difficulties. Um, thank you all again. I'm Tyler. Uh, we'll catch you all next time.